Future of Work Florida. Welcome to the Future of Work Florida podcast, brought to you by the Florida Chamber of Commerce and Florida Chamber Foundation. This podcast series is dedicated to equipping Florida's business leaders with the knowledge, solutions, and resources available to secure Florida's workforce talent. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with one of our Future of Work Advisory Board members, David Cross, Senior Vice President of Human Resources and Administration at Coca-Cola Beverages Florida, about the strategies Coca-Cola Florida is focusing on to recruit and retain today's talent. I'm just so excited for this conversation today, David. Hey, good morning, and, and, and thank you for having me. Um, I've been looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. Well, David, let's start off by sharing with our listeners a bit about Coca-Cola Beverages Florida, as well as your background with the company. Sure. Uh, uh, thanks. So Coca-Cola Beverages Florida has been around since uh, 2015. It was a, a new bottler that we stood up in May of 2015 uh, here in headquartered in Tampa, Florida, uh, based in Florida. We go from Jacksonville down to the Keys, uh, cover about 21 million consumers, 47 uh, Florida counties, uh, major areas of Jacksonville, Miami, Orlando, Tampa. Uh, we manufacture, sell, produce, warehouse, distribute uh, a diverse portfolio of 600 plus products, both from a Coca-Cola company as well as other partner companies. Um, fourth largest black owned business in the United States, and one of the largest minority owned companies in Florida. Uh, fortunate enough in 2022 and again in 2023 to be uh, named a U.S. Best Managed Company by Deloitte Private in the Wall Street Journal. So we're real excited about uh, that recognition and, and what it shows we've done over our eight-year journey. So we're, we're still young, still uh, relatively uh, new on the scene, but uh, continue to grow day by day. I've been fortunate enough to spend about 16 years in the Coke system. And uh, again, 15 uh, joined in 2015, uh, pre-launch of Coke Florida. So I've been, uh, I was one of the inaugural uh, leaders of the organization, happy to to be a part of standing up uh, what's a, what, what is a great company. That's just so awesome. I didn't realize that it was so new in Florida. Um, wow, it that's is. awesome. And, and most folks don't know that. And again, that privately held, locally owned piece is also a, a bit of a surprise to some in terms of we're, we're your local bottler. So those trucks you see up and down the street and the, the men and women that are in the stores and outlets helping merchandise and sell are all uh, part of our family. And, and so, uh, uh, we love uh, what they do, how they do it, and uh, how they bring it to life every day. That's great. Let's shift gears here. So we know that job creators are facing a talent crisis, you know, with more open jobs and people looking for work. So what is Coca-Cola doing to recruit and retain talent? Yeah, like like many companies, we are uh, equally challenged across the state of Florida. And, uh, you know, when we think about the population that uh, we recruit primarily. It's a it's a high volume frontline hourly workforce, uh, warehouse driver, order builders uh, in the stores, merchandising, and that's a, a big chunk of our population. So we're competing against uh, everyone else out there that has a similar profile for what they're looking for. And so as we look the last you know two to three years in in, in a post COVID world. Um, it's been a tremendous challenge, and and like everyone else, it's a hyper competitive landscape. Uh, what you've what we found is, is is you find talent, you have to work really hard to keep them. So your attraction and retention strategy have to go hand in hand. Where uh, historically you could just open a, uh, the doors and say, "Come join us," and people would come join us, and you didn't have to kind of pull the thread all the way through to the retention piece. But uh, now you have to look at it end to end 
for us, we found that we've had, we have to have a, a really compelling offer in terms of who we are, what our story is, what our narrative is, what our kind of associate value proposition is. We have to spend time really talking to uh, potential hires about our culture, our environment, um, strong commitment to the associate and what that then means. Um, things that historically you may not have had to have emphasized as much as you have to do today. Um, again, many times the, the Coke name would attract talent. They'd come on board just because of the, the, the big red banner. But now uh, they, they want us to uh, deliver as much as any other company in terms of that associate experience. So we spend a tremendous amount of time talking about that. On the recruiting front, you know, I, I'd say what's, what's old is new again, right? So we've had to go over the last couple of years back into our bag of tricks and really look at uh, recruiting from what we used to do back in you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, putting names on our name on billboards and on buses and, and, and flyers and going to malls and doing the, uh, putting them on the, the car windshield. So we apologize for anyone who may have saw, you know, had a Coke Florida flyer in the window. Um, but we've had to kind of go back to what we've, we've done historically, kind of that pick and shovel work, that ground game to really attract talent, to, to acknowledge and recognize that we have opportunities to let them know what those opportunities are. And so we've had to spend a tremendous amount of time going back to what we used to do uh, many, many years ago, because over the course of time, we've gotten more advanced technology, uh, the LinkedIn's, Indeed's, the uh, virtual interview, all of that stuff is still very much in play as well. So you've had to kind of expand your portfolio to leverage some of the new technology, things like uh, my interview and, and allowing someone to record their interview uh, whenever they want to record their interview and those kind of things. And so we've had to embrace technology, but at the same time, uh, use what we've done in the past. We've also had to look at unique programs to attract talent. And that, that comes through different pipelines and sources of talent. Uh, I know we can continue to talk about in terms of things like military and second chance and returning citizens and and uh, part time. And so we've had to you know, establish pro robust programs and pipelines for uh, all sources of talent to, uh, to, to uh, fill the needs that we have. And then finally, we've had to really engage and embrace kind of the, the evolution of the workforce and, and what that means and uh, identify kind of what's important to them along the way. Yeah, that's really great. I know you mentioned earlier um, about, you know, selling culture and selling sort of the work environment. Can you expand on, you know, some of the, the trends you're seeing in terms of like employer and employee expectations that just might be different today than in the past? Yeah, and that's that's an interesting one because it, the landscape has really changed around that uh, as we think about what the employee wants. Um, and a post, I'm going to keep using kind of this post-COVID world because I think that that changed things for a lot of us. Um, where historically at Coke Florida, you're looking for a, a part, a full-time associate, and then if you have a part-time associate, you're figuring out the way to turn them into a full-time associate. What we found is. Uh, the associate now expects something different. There are many associates that are very comfortable in that part-time, flexible, uh, work-when-I-want-to-work uh, world. And, and that's, a, that's a significant uh, change for us, right? And so we've had to meet the associates, and, and we call them associates proxy employee, but we've had to meet the associates where they're at and where they want to be. And I use the term, we should use the term work-life balance, right? And, and what does that mean to associates? We, we've kind of reframed that. It's, it's just life. And, and work is part of life now. And uh, associates are trying to are, are working through what part do they want, how much they want to devote to life, and how much they want to devote to work, and how much to family, and all the other things that activities. And it's it's a, it's a little different landscape where people used to focus primarily on their work life and work, and everything else kind of came 
secondary. And so we've had to retrain our managers and, re- and how, how do we rethink about this population in the workforce, uh, this gig economy, these gig work, gig workers and folks that um, want to kind of do on-demand work and when they want to work. And that's very different than our you know, full-time 40-hour schedules every day, all day, Monday through Friday or other. And so we've had to really kind of focus on meeting them where they're at. We've had to really focus on you know this this new employer employee contract around technology and the technological advances and and how we make their jobs easier, how we make their associate experience easier, whether it be total rewards, benefits, compensation, how they get information, putting it at their fingertips, putting it available on their own time, right? So historically, you, you, when you're in the four walls of a, a company, that's when you did everything. Now they're doing it at one a.m., they're doing it at three a.m., they're doing it after second jobs, and so we've had to make sure that. Uh, we can meet them again where they have their technology. We've had to have a f- heavy focus on career. So we're seeing a lot more folks come in that are really interested in asking questions, even during the interview process around what can be and, and where can I go? And what does it look like long term where uh, historically a lot of folks are just coming in and saying, what is, what's tell me about the job? Tell me about the pay? Tell me about what it's going to look like when I come in you know, every day, all day into this role. And now they're thinking more holistically about what this what this can be, what it should be, what it, how it fits within, again, their their framework for what they're looking for. And, and so we've had to do that. Uh, we've also had to have a heavy emphasis on the employee proposition around kind of reskilling as we continue to evolve the landscape and the landscape continues to change. How we, can we develop the skills that are required for the future um, versus what we know today? And uh, you know, that's a little bit of skate where the puck's headed to, to anticipate what, what the needs are. Um, but employ- associates expect that of you. Employees are expecting that of you now is to help them get uh, from point A to point B and uh, they'll certainly play a role in it, but they're looking for guidance from uh, from from the companies that we're part of. Yeah, I also say the multi generational component is pretty important now as we look at all the generations in the workplace and what does that mean. And uh, we've had to kind of retrench on you know what our associate value our value proposition is for those folks when they think about kind of what's important to one associate or employee is very different than what's impo- important to another employee based on a whole host of factors and so. I think we've had to work on being more na- uh, nimble and more agile in terms of the offerings and how we lead and how we develop and how we even you know produce our learning right from virtual to uh, face-to-face to online to different learning styles and, and are in the workforce now and so we've had to be much more nimble in the approach we've had to developing capability developing talent and then find that probably say the, this employee employer experience is heavy emphasis like i talked about on culture values um high levels of integrity sustainability, uh, community commitment contributions, all things that were, you know, part of the, the overall narrative when you're talking about talking to employees or talking to applicants, that's now at the forefront. It's amazing how many interview conversations we have where, where they're asking those kinds of questions. Uh, again, it used to be kind of a pay benefits, work environment conversation. Now it has evolved to those plus culture values, integrity, what does the company stand for? Um, so it's been an interesting kind of evolution, and, and we're only seeing that accelerate as we engage and uh, in, in, in with our potential applicants, as well as our existing workforce on that retention piece. Yeah, speaking about retention, you know, I hear a lot of that um, concern. It's not only about, you know, like you mentioned, bringing in the talent, it's about keeping the talent and sort of wondering, you mentioned earlier that you're, you know, thinking creatively about ways to grow talent within the organization. And so like, what are some of those um, strategies to grow talent that you already have within the organization that might be looking for kind of a long-term plan and as well as like some of the career pathways that exist for your employees at Coca-Cola. 
No, a great, great question. And, and then when I think about that retention piece, again, going back for me, it starts with kind of the culture and uh, what you're committing to your associates. Now you're truly bringing that to life and, and, and what you promised, committed, are you doing what you said you're going to do? And that's that's been uh, critically important for us in retaining our talent. We believe retention for us is really uh, leader led. Right. So, again, I'm the HR guy, but I can't, you know, we can't completely own it. We can set up a framework, but it's really that leader because when they, when our associates think about Coke, Florida, it's that person that they report to engage with every day. And so it's, it's, it's important that we uh, develop those leaders and develop those skills. And so we've, we've invested and continue to invest in kind of our leadership academy. We have a whole host of what we call our academies, but developing those leaders to be better frontline managers of people. And, and what does that look like to make sure that uh, they truly get that associate experience? We talk about things like our onboarding and assimilation program. So when they come day one through call it day 90, what does that experience look like? And, and how do we uh, make sure they have the tools they need to be successful? They understand what good looks like, what the goals are. So there's no guessing and, and there's no uh, debate back and forth on, am I doing what you expect me to do? There's real-time feedback, there's real-time coaching. You're trying to develop a listening culture um, is important from a retention standpoint, listening to the associates. Again, as I talk about kind of evolution of the associate, being able to listen and, and understand where they're at and then take that input to, to reframe, to re-communicate, re-educate, or fundamentally even change how you're doing stuff as an organization. So you have to be, again, be very open to that from just even a business model, business development standpoint. Um, we've also talked about just some of those non-traditional ways of developing talent in the program. So we've also had said, you know, I think about our CDL drivers. So we have a, a robust pipeline of, you know, close to you know, 800 to 1,000 uh, drivers. And uh, hyper-competitive landscape, hyper-competitive market that space, but we've had to begin to grow our own. So we partnered with a local uh, driving school, and we, and we now send through our own existing associates and our drivers. It can be merchandisers, warehouse folks. Again, talking about that career path, but we'll pay for and we get them uh, trained up. We pay for their CDL. We pay for their, their housing. We put them through the program, and, and within a relatively short period of time, we're able to produce a driver for us that knows the organization, that knows the culture, that knows the environment. And so it makes it real sticky, but it also is a commitment from us to them. And, and then that brings the value of kind of this partnership together and truly to life when we talk about kind of what can be. Um, so it's more than just a job. It's more than just a paycheck where we're really trying to invest in their careers, their future. Um, and flexibility is also important um, as we think about retention. Um, again, we kind of think about that life balance. Um, we have to be nimble. We have to be flexible in allowing them to uh, get the things done that they need to get done in, in their lives. So we know folks are uh, really busy. They have a lot of commitments personally and otherwise. And so the employers that are able to retain their talent are able to uh, try to help them navigate through that and not just be a, if you don't come at X and don't leave it and can't leave until Y, or I don't want to even tell you when you could leave. You just here until, until that just doesn't work anymore. Right. And so we have to be much more collaborative and it's a, it's a, it's a, dual partnership it's not company telling it's just us collaborating to really bring things to life that's great i i want to ask a little bit about you mentioned earlier that you know you're targeting or you know considering certain groups such as you know second chance hiring or military uh, veterans different um populations for your talent pools are there special or specific programs that are working to engage um, those populations at Coca-Cola Florida? Yes. Um, 
And again, as we've looked at that kind of talent landscape and we saw for you know, a period of time over the last couple of years, that really narrowed down. So, right, we were getting roughly a half of the applicants that we used to get historically uh, pre-2019. Um, the number of folks that were kind of going through that upon pipeline diminished. Um, so we had to get creative and say, what was our traditional source of talent? We had to expand so they keep what we have, but where did we have to go um, to find additional talent? And so we had to look at things like returning citizens and, and how do we partner with the state and other entities, whether it be the Abe Browns of the world, other places that are focused on returning citizens to build both program, programmatic approaches to it in terms of uh, how can we partner uh, with the institutions to talk about what good looks like when it comes out and presenting opportunities and options for those folks when they come out. Uh, for the right roles? Um, how do we uh, potentially engage in our process by which we you know, um, background track drug test, those kind of things? And, and is there modification required to uh, allow more folks to flow through that pipeline from, from a returning citizen standpoint? They've had some tremendous success in that space, and uh, that continues to ramp up. We continue to look for new ways to partner and find entities that are that are uh, willing to uh, think about and, and promote and help engage those citizens. And so I know we've been doing some work with Future of Florida, exploring some opportunities. So that's that's one one area. Uh, one is a traditional area, but uh, we're reinforcing, emphasizing is around the military, returning military, military spouses, and that whole portfolio of uh, servicemen and women and uh, what can be, particularly about our logistics area and our, our transportation area, all, a terrific fit. And so uh, we've been developing uh, ongoing programs, toolkits, and things that we can give to our managers in terms of how you engage with those entities. What are some of the the, the, the things and how do you recognize their level of status, um, where they come from, how it translates into the roles, opportunities, skills, and things we're looking for. So spending some time there, spending some time on English as a second language candidates. Uh, we have some, some hyper-competitive markets uh, where we know that that can be a terrific talent pool for us. Uh, requires some modification to how we do things, but uh, that's another great uh, talent pool for us. The, 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 the part-time flexible workforce is one that's evolving, and I, I kind of package that under this kind of gig economy. So there's a number of uh, apps and partners out there that, uh, you know, people want to go on an app and say, I want to work just a couple of hours today. And uh, uh, we, we found that tremendously valuable over the course of the last three years that, 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 that helped us navigate that period of time, but we want to retain that. And so we've had to spend some time really flushing out what that, that looks like, what the technology looks like, what our internal systems look like to, to truly bring that to life. Because again, we were built for kind of a full, full-time 40-hour workforce. So you got to be much more nimble in your system adaptation to those folks. Uh, colleges, universities, um, we've actually had to change some of our profiles. What are we actually looking for? And what we, you know, the 10, 15, 20 years of experience, that's still relevant for some jobs, but some jobs with, it, with an advancement technology that builds your folks to get up, up and running quickly sooner than later, you can take a chance on someone that doesn't have that depth of experience and doesn't have that longevity, but they're just smart, committed, engaged, and you can bring them along quicker. So we've had to kind of reconnect with our colleges, universities, um, community colleges, um, and those kinds of things to, to really engage and figure out how we can translate those folks from to much easier. But that's going to be a tremendous talent uh, force for us. As I said, we got to build our own in some cases and then spend the time uh, working to create and, and, and build your own capability in the uh, in the organization. And as well as you know, for us, it's really about being present um, and being visible. Uh, as we talked about earlier, on, we kind of introduced folks Florida. You know, we're still evolving in the messaging uh, of who, you know, and people understanding kind of who we are. And so we have to make sure where our message is on point, our our, you know, our value proposition is on point, and our commitments on point. So kind of 
look at all those uh, that that's really been helpful for us in some of those unique opportunities and unique programs that we have and are continuing to develop. You know, none of those are fully bright. None of those are, you know, hitting a home run yet. There's some possibilities from some that's showing some real good promise and we'll continue to refine it and continue to get better uh, as we continue to move forward. Awesome. I, I, you provided so many wonderful ideas and what I love about it is it's super apparent that y'all are continuing to just look for creative solutions, you know, to find and recruit and retain talent, which is excellent. Um, lastly, sort of before we close, um, you know, what advice you have the years of many business leaders and education partners that listen to this podcast, you know, what advice would you share with other job creators that are facing similar challenges with recruiting and retaining talent? Yeah, that's, that's a, it's a big question, right? So I got, again, expert of one, just have a little bit of you know, experience doing this. So, so I take it. Take it for what it's worth. But for me, I found there's no silver bullet in any of this, right? There are uh, a lot of great professionals out there doing hard work and in, in many companies trying to find talent. And so, uh, you know, one, I think it's no silver bullet. I think it's very, it's pick and shovel work, as, as I described. It's, it's leveraging all of your resources uh, to, to, to look in, and find talent. I think the partnership and collaboration piece is one that uh, is, is, is very important, that probably wasn't as important as it was historically. And when I talk about partnership and collaboration, you got your traditional sources, right? The college, universities, nonprofits, and those kind of things, community organizations. But I think employers collaborating and partnering is something new, right? And, and particularly in the state of Florida and, and some of the challenges we have, it's important for employers to lock arms and figure out how we collectively win across the state. And that's different, right? Because typically we see each other as kind of competitors, depending on the landscape and the markets and the, and the talent which we're competing. But I think for, for Florida to win, we have to, to begin to figure out, like with partnerships with future work and other entities, how do we collectively tee up the landscape? How do we collectively talk about reskilling? How do we collectively engage uh, colleges, universities, uh, community colleges in, in shaping curriculum for the future? How do we collectively think about the talent, what the talent needs are going to be so that we don't have a collective gap you know, we look up three, four, five years from now because we haven't invested or we went at it alone as Pope Florida and company Y went at it alone as company Y. We, we, I think there's a great opportunity for us to collaborate and think differently about it. And then really kind of where the puck is headed. I think about it, the future's automation is going to play a heavy role in, in where a lot of us go. Uh, what is the skills? What are the people uh, needed to, to deliver that? And how do we take what we have internally with our associates today? And then how do we continue to bring in talent that can supplement and bring to life uh, where companies are headed in the future and what does that look like? Um, so those are just some of the things we're thinking about. Again, there's there's no silver bullet. I think, you know, again, a lot of real smart people I've met out there and across Florida doing really good work. And I think, again, that collaboration, that partnership, that best sharing, best practice sharing, like we're doing on this call uh, today and sharing ideas and engaging uh, together. I think we can all win. Uh, I think there's enough and there will be enough opportunities and talent out there if they've done right for us all to have uh, success in enterprise and organizations uh, as we move forward. That's great. And, you know, you mentioned our Future of Work Florida initiative and you do sit on our advisory board. And that has been such an enjoyable experience to watch that collaboration from, you know, the advisory board coming from very different industries and just bringing together lots of wonderful ideas. Can you share finally, as we close out here, you know, what what sparked your interest to get involved in the Future of Work Florida initiative? Yeah, the concept itself, right? So again, any any employer in Florida knows some of the challenges we're facing, particularly in some of the higher pockets and higher, higher metros in terms of uh, talent uh, opportunity and opening. And so 
for us, we were already looking for ways to figure out how we navigate through that landscape. So it was a, it was a, it was a perfect, perfect timing when we heard about uh, Future Work Florida and, and, and what the team was trying to do. And uh, you know, from a co-floor standpoint, we said, we want to be at the forefront. We want to be at the, the head of the class and helping shape and, and, and drive and figure out solutions uh, to our talent gap. And so uh, as we explored what the opportunity could be and, 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 and quasi as we've gotten into it, it's been well worth it. And, and uh, uh, as we think about kind of the, the broad collective, what can be uh, bringing companies together to talk about it, partner, great ideas, collaborate. Again, just what I talked about before in the last uh, question we talked about is uh, that's different, right? Because again, we, we historically see each other's competition. This this is really bringing together companies to think differently about who we are and how we need to navigate through this so we can all successfully um, win, expand that talent pool, collectively grow that talent pool. How do we solve things systemically uh, versus one at a time, one on one by one, individual company by company? I think the future work work is helping us think more holistically and systemically about solutions and partnerships and then introducing us to those partners that can help us bring this to life. And so it's accelerating the opportunity, accelerating solutions um, where again, it could have been a much slower path or for a lot of companies could be a slower path to, to success. Um, how do we leverage partnerships like future work to bring it to life? So for us, it's a no brainer to be a part of it. Um, it it's paying off tremendously in terms of both collaboration uh, connections as well as output and work. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a great endeavor and we're glad to be a part of it. Well, David, thank you so much. This conversation was so informative and, you know, we just, again, appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us today and all of the work that you do to continue to advance the future of work movement and serving our on our advisory board. No, thank you. And, and again, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the conversation and looking forward to uh, future partnerships. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you for joining us for today's Future of Work Florida podcast. To find out more about the resources discussed in today's segment, we invite you to visit our website at flchamber.com forward slash future of work Florida. Together, we can champion the future of work and create America's best workforce right here in Florida. Be sure to subscribe for future content.